Good morning, everybody. Good morning, Breakthrough City Church. Those of you that have tuned in already. Good morning, Bloemfontein. Hello there to South Africa. People from South Africa tuning in and perhaps whatever nation from the world you might be listening to live now or later when you watch this online. It's really great to have you with us. Here in Bloemfontein, it's supposed to be spring, but like that hot water tap that takes two minutes to uh, warm up, it runs cold water and then slowly it just warms up. That's a little bit how the weather works here in Bloemfontein. So it's a cool spring morning, but we're looking to a nice warm week, looking forward to a nice warm week. And yeah, just it's it's been amazing to just get started with a couple of things. We could um, enjoy an encounter night uh, together uh, here in the week, um, here locally. And yeah, we just yeah, are, are excited about the things that are picking up and starting up and just really grateful for the new season, not just geographically, but the Lord's just stirring something fresh and new in our hearts. And let's just, yeah, let's just open up our hearts. I just feel like I want to pray before we start this morning and, and just really thank the Father. Father, thank you. Thank you that, Lord, you are so invested in our lives. Thank you that you are so excited about the plans and the purposes that you have for us. Oh Lord, that we would just be able to experience your thoughts, be close enough to you to know what you're thinking and feeling, because that's your heart for us too. Thank you Holy Spirit just for a preparing of our hearts, just a deep work inside of us because of what you want to do and because of what you want us to enjoy with you. And we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Good. Well, today I want to talk to you about um, spiritual intelligence. All right. So if we think about like our IQ is like our, um, our, our brain capacity, whatever you want to call that. And then your EQ is sort of along the emotional line. So I want to talk to you about SQ today, all right? It's not that funny word there by that expensive seafood item on, on the menu, okay, at the seafood restaurants. <laughs> SQ today, we're talking about spiritual intelligence. And I wanted to start to unpack it for you, firstly, by speaking about what it is, all right? What is this thing called spiritual intelligence? So obviously God cares about our whole spirit, soul, and body. We are a spirit, we have a soul, and we are housed in a body. All three are important. Three Peter refers to, may it prosper with you as your soul prospers. I've paraphrased that a little bit, but the meaning is um, emotionally, but whatever you're processing through, that's gonna have an effect on your physical self. So we wanna be healthy emotionally. We wanna be healthy physically. We also wanna be healthy spiritually, and that's actually the place of inspiration that we want to draw from to influence the other elements of our lives, our brains, our hearts, all those things, our bodies. Ephesians 4.23 is that encouragement to be renewed in the spirit of your mind, which means there's a place for heavenly deposits in your, in your thoughts. Heaven wants to come and invade and from that place create an influence outwardly for you personally and for those around you. That's, that's the design. Okay, but we weren't meant to live compartmentally. We weren't meant to live like spirit, soul, and body. They are part of a whole. And so when I'm going to talk to you about spiritual intelligence today, it's not to the exclusion of 
of things physically going on in your body or things emotionally that you're processing through. But from the spirit, we draw, we draw insight or input that influences those areas. So let me start by giving you a definition for intelligence. It's not cleverness, okay? So here goes. Intelligence is the ability to acquire and apply knowledge and skills, okay? So intelligence is not how well you remember, you know, how, how much you could cram for a test and get like 49 out of 50 and remember nothing tomorrow, okay? For those of you in school or for those of us that are kind of forgetting what that felt like so many decades ago, all right? So you acquire knowledge, but then you apply it. It must translate into a skill of sort or an application, okay? This is very important to remember as we carry on. Think about it, like you, you played with Lego blocks and puzzles and I don't know if any of you remember, but way, way back there was like the soccer ball shaped thing. It had a blue side and a red side with different shapes in it and the plastic shapes were with this bright yellow. And you would pull it like this and the shapes would fall out and then the ball would close again. It had like this sort of type of elasticized middle. I mean, I, I don't know exactly how it was put together, but it worked. And you would open up this ball, pick up the shapes, or let the shapes out, and then you would have to put the shapes through the correct holes. So doing things like that is, is gaining a certain amount of knowledge. And why is this important? Let me tell you. That practically, all right, have you ever seen, like, especially with the smaller little dustbins, they've got these really weirdly shaped lids. Nee? It's like a straight back and straight side, and then a slightly curved front end. And... I'm sure you've seen it as well. Those dustbins fit on all sorts of or yeah, angles on those dustbins, but very rarely how they are supposed to fit. So building puzzles as a kid, man, don't it's not overrated. Well, maybe it's underrated. But yeah, what I mean is don't overrate it, okay? So we we learn skills that we are meant to reapply and reapply and reapply going forward. It's never just meant to be mental, okay, or stored somewhere. So spiritual intelligence is tapping into the Holy Spirit for answers and insight and ideas that we don't generally always have access to in the natural. It's not only some, some thing that I've got to, you know, have that, I, that never occurred to me before. Sometimes it's very practical. It's both, okay? But what it's designed to do is spiritual intelligence is, is drawing from the atmosphere around you, discerning from the atmosphere around you, and learning how to practically apply that in the environment so that, that there's this continuation, that there's this, this process of life that's sort of enhanced and, and gets to continue, all right, practically, thoroughly, that there's increase coming, all right, and we, we get this, these, 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 these thoughts or this intelligence, you know, for want of a better word in, in, in this context, from the mind of God, his thoughts, from the gift of discernment and prophecy. These are all thoughts of God that we are pulling down. Words of knowledge, words of wisdom. It's these kinds of things. I don't want to say, that, oh, that's the entire list, but it's these kinds of things that we, that we draw from that give us spiritual intelligence. It's this um, knowledge that we draw from the spirit realm that we can apply. Uh, for those of you that did the School of Prophecy, we spoke to you again and again and again, and this is for anybody listening as well. Anything that we draw from the Father was never just meant to be a cold transaction like that. There's a relationship involved. So where there's connection, knowledge is shared. More about that later. Okay? But we're talking about spiritual intelligence, the fact that we tap into it 
um, or, or we draw from it in the spirit realm. And I've just mentioned to you some of the ways that, that it's going to come to us. Okay? And wisdom is often referred to as the application of knowledge. And what does this do? This, this builds for us a better future. It, it, it opens up things for us in the spirit and the natural. Because God's design for us is to live life abundantly, not just to live. Right? So there's always a purpose for the things that God's going to download to us, for ourselves and for other people. He's known as the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So there's this, there's this generational thing. There's this thing where, where life is meant to last and carry on and see increase. He's the same God yesterday, today, and forever. So just in his nature, there's something that's meant to carry on and carry on and carry on. Okay? An important part of... Any kind of intelligence, whether it's like emotional or intellectual or spiritual, is communication. All right? There's connection involved, there's communication, words are being shared, thoughts are being shared. Okay? And let's just look at a couple of examples in the Bible where we see this popping up. And the first is um, Genesis 11. Well, the first example I want to give you rather is Genesis 11 where the Tower of Babel is being constructed, and we know the story well. I'm going to make some references to scriptures. I'm not going to camp in any one particular scripture, so you can scroll or you can begin to page, but yeah, don't get stuck in any particular place. Okay, we're starting off at Genesis 11, and verse 3, it says, uh, the people said, let's make bricks and bake them thoroughly. All right, it was an idea that they had. Oh, let's bake bricks and make them thoroughly, or make bricks and bake them thoroughly. So they used brick instead of stone and tar for mortar. That's actually in the Bible, where they had this idea to do something differently for the, this great big tower that they were going to build. And why were they building the tower? As we know, verse 4, they said, Let us build ourselves a city with a tower that reaches to the heavens, so that we may make a name for ourselves. Okay, so there was this discussion happening, this communication, and then... They're building this great big tower, and then in verse 6, uh, God comes down and he says, If as one people they've begun to do this, then nothing they plan to do will be impossible for them. Now, obviously, there are different angles to that story, but what I want to pull out of this is that they were trying to do it in their own strength. They were trying to make a name for themselves. They were trying to build a kingdom that had their name all over it. But the problem was they were building it to a heaven that God was not in. And who wants to be in a heaven that God is not in? Let's just face it, okay? So he, he can't have them building something to try and reach the heavens, and there's just no relationship involved. It was all on a natural level. So it's important to understand that there is, there's a wisdom that we can have and build with that's not necessarily the wisdom of God. It's, it's a natural thing. It's not a bad thing. But without the Lord in the picture, it can be just a totally warped version of what he had in his heart or his mind for you or for me. So very important that we build with God. Very important that we draw from his spirit, from his heart. All right, in terms of accessing wisdom and thoughts. So God is just, he's a communication God. All right, that's just how it goes. We are meant to learn from each other. We meant to share information. You're enjoying this um, in the comfort of your living room or possibly your bed this morning. I, I won't say who that might be. <laughs> I'll keep your secrets. And um, we can do that because of technology. 
So information is not a bad thing. The sharing of it, communication, none of those things are bad things. They are part of our design. All right, that's, that's who God is. We've been made in his image. So even if he's not directly involved in a particular situation or a planning process or thought process, naturally whatever we, we gain is going to be shared. It's going to bring increase. And we want it to be for his purpose and for his kingdom. And many times that looks practical. But sometimes we can hijack that. And I'll give you a couple of keys later. How do we avoid hijacking what God's purposed? Okay? So we've talked about the concept of spiritual intelligence, what it is. And now I said I'd give you one or two examples as well, just out of the word for, for where we see this thing of intelligence, spiritual intelligence, um, coming through and finding a practical outworking. Because remember the definition? It's the ability to acquire and apply knowledge and skills. Okay? So whatever we acquire through even a spirit, um, by, by spiritual means, needs to be practically applied in a way that's, that's visible and, and other people can see it and can recognize that, that um, there's just something different at play. And two examples are firstly in one where we read about the man Bezalel, who was the first man that we read about in the Bible, not necessarily the first man filled with the Holy Spirit, but the first man we read about that it actually says in the scripture that he was filled with the Holy Spirit and it was to do something natural. It was for a job, basically, that he had to do. And he needed skills for that. So he was filled with the Spirit for something natural and practical that had to transpire. So let's pick it up in verse 2. This is Exodus 31 and verse 2. I have chosen Bezalel and I have filled him with the Spirit of God with wisdom, with understanding, with knowledge, and with all kinds of skills to make artistic designs for work in gold, silver, and bronze, to cut and set stones, to work in wood, and to engage in all kinds of crafts. Okay? So these were practical skills that he had. This is basically when um, the, the, the making or, or the building of the temple of Moses was in play. And these were the guys that needed skills to build what God had shown them. They had received, Moses had received a heavenly, or, or a picture from heaven rather, from, from the Father. And he was basically having people build what God had shown him. And these guys needed skills because, let's just face it, it was, it was like nothing they'd ever seen on earth before. All right? There was a heavenly pattern to it. So they needed skill to reproduce what they had received from the heavens. And they got that from Holy Spirit. God filled Bezalel with Holy Spirit to do this work. Okay, so very interesting. The next example I want to give you is out of 1 Kings 10, where the Queen of Sheba is embarking on a long journey to go and see Solomon. She's heard about his wisdom, his, he's, he's very famous, he's very rich, and she wants to go and see if this is for real. So 1 Kings 10 verse 1 and verse 3, when the Queen of Sheba hears about the fame of Solomon and his relationship with the Lord or heard about it, she came to test Solomon with hard questions. Solomon answered all her questions. Nothing was too hard for the king to explain to her. So yes, he had wisdom that gave him insight into situations or things that perhaps in his natural mind, I don't even want to say perhaps that in his natural mind he couldn't actually have known. So there was a relationship that he shared with God that enabled him to access wisdom from from another age or another time, another realm, that was not naturally possible in his own strength. 
All right, but that was just the wisdom. Now let's read on. Verse 4 and 5. When the queen of Sheba had seen all the wisdom of Solomon and the palace or the house which he had built, the food on his table, the seating of his servants or his court officials, the attendance of his waiters and their attire, what they were wearing, his cupbearers and his stairway by which he went up to the house of the Lord, she was breathless and awed by the wonder of it all. Now I want to read that to you again. She looked at the house he had built, the food on his table, the seating of his servants, the attendance of, attendance of his waiters and their attire, his cupbearers, and the stairway by which he went up to the temple of the Lord. These are all very practical things. This was basically the, the running format, a lot of the, the things about the palace, you know, how, how things were run, how the people were put in place, the clothing that they were dressed in. But there were also like, like physical structures like the stairway he had built going up to the temple where he would worship. And she looked at these things and she was breathless. So that tells us that it's a very, very, very practical. Spiritual intelligence is very, very practical. You'll remember as well the story of where um, Solomon has these two women both saying that this is my baby. You know the backstory, so I don't need to go into it. And he says, bring me a sword. And he wants, well, he, he didn't intend to cut the baby in half, but that was his wisdom because he knew a, 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 the real mother would never let her child be sacrificed. And the one woman said, no, please give the other woman the baby. And he knew immediately, that's the mother. That's, that's the cry of the mother. I mean, it's a pretty radical idea, but that was the wisdom that he had for that moment. So it's very practical for problem solving. It's very practical for skills we need to learn. It's very practical for actually even inviting people into relationship with God. We read on in verse 24 of 1 Kings 10 that, all the earth was seeking the presence of Solomon to hear his wisdom, which God had put in his mind. So yeah, wisdom was, was one of the popular topics, but many people came and saw his wealth and saw how, how incredibly he was, he was living. And it was a glimpse of, like, well, not everyone's called to be a Solomon and be a king, but he was in, in a place of incredible influence. And he was very like influential in terms of wealthy. So people could come and could see the blessing of the Lord and what wisdom brings. And it's an invitation. I mean, we wouldn't look at that and think that's amazing. I want that for myself. You know, when you see somebody prospering, you want to know, hey, what's your key, man? And spiritual intelligence is something that we acquire that was never just meant to be a storehouse. Okay? We're not clever because we've done the School of Prophecy course from BCC or, or we can quote our Bible cover to cover. That's, that's not spiritual intelligence. It's gaining knowledge that we learn how to put into something practical so that God is glorified. But in the process, it's going to be beneficial for, for us. It's got a very practical outworking and it must point people back to God. I said that now. So this is spiritual intelligence. We see um, just glimpses of it in the Bible um, that I've shown you. And now we're going to talk about how Okay, how do we get spiritual intelligence? Okay, for IQ, that's mostly what we think school is responsible for, not only or exclusively, but largely. Alright, it's teaching us sort of practical things. And then EQ, we learn relationally, we learn in relationships. A lot of the time that's at home, it'll be in our friendship circles, our wherever, wherever we're connecting, we're learning. That's the idea anyway. Okay, now spiritual intelligence is something that we can only get from relationship 
with the Father. Now it seems like, duh, <laughs> but it's not just relationship, it's intimate relationship with God. All right, let me unpack this a little bit now. This is the how of spiritual intelligence. There's a Hebrew word called yada. And it's not yada, 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 yada that you hear in the cartoons, which just means yeah, 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 okay? It's not that yada, yada. It's a genuine word in Hebrew meaning know or to know. And it's this word that is used in the description of um, how Adam knew Eve and Cain was conceived. It wasn't just a physical act, Cain's conception. There was this intimate knowing, and out of that was the fruit of, of Cain, all right? So intimate knowledge, or, or intimacy rather, brings knowledge, all right? The, the two are very, very closely tied. You share knowledge with somebody, anybody that you know very well, you will know how they like their coffee. Do they drink milk or not? How strong is it? How many sugars? All right, I often give this example because it's very, very practical, okay? Um, that, that's, that's very easy to figure out even without knowing somebody, but what I'm getting at is the people that are closer to you, you end up knowing more about. Why? You spend time together. You know what they like. You know what they don't like. You know what irritates them. You know what makes them squeal with delight, okay? There's a knowing, all right? And with, so the intimacy, rather, just brings a knowing, okay? Revelation 4, it's so interesting. It's this invitation to John which says, come up here and I will show you what must take place after these things. And he's taken up into heaven. And the whole of chapter 4 and onwards is this description of what's taking place. He gets to have a, a peek at what heaven looks like. And it's mind-blowing. Okay, come up here and let me show you what must take place after these things. So there's an invitation for us to come to a higher place for God to download his thoughts so that we know how to plan towards the future. It might not be in detail, but there's a glimpse that, some, that, that God wants to give us so that we know how to align our lives towards what he's purposed. And it's not just a, <laughs> a guessing game, all right? But the, the invitation comes, come up here, all right? We need to find the Father where he is, okay? We can stay in our little corner and say, oh Lord, please meet me and help me. But the invitation is, come up here. All right, there's more to life that he's, that he's planned for us than just trying to make it in the natural. Okay, even Paul says that he had access. We read about how, how he says he had access to the wisdom of another age, but that it was hidden in a mystery. And many times we might, we might just be thinking, Lord, can't you, just, can't you just give us the answer? Can't you just tell us plainly? Does it have to be this, this song and dance? Why, Lord? And he does it so that we need relationship with him to figure out what he's telling us. Not to be funny, not to withhold, not to hide, like from us, but for us. We've often heard that God hides things for us. Why? Because then there's relationship to, to that, that end. It isn't just God downloads and we, we receive the download and work it out. All right? he, he wants us to stay in, in connection and in communication with him. That's why I, I think we read a lot about dreams that um, people would have. And I think now of, of Joseph and of Daniel that were both working for, in a sense, wicked kings. Both these kings had dreams. Neither of them could interpret the dreams. And they needed a man of God for the interpretation. All right? Daniel says to, to the king, um, 
I don't know the interpretation, but I know the God who does. God interprets dreams. So many times when something comes to us in a mystery, it's not wrong to go and open up a dream book or check on symbols. Those are, are guidelines, but they were also never designed to replace our relationship with God. All right? Joseph and Daniel, they didn't have a dream book. They didn't have a, like, Google, you know, what, what does this color mean? <laughs> All right? So it doesn't make it wrong for us to access these things. But remember, it's never to replace what God would want to tell us. Okay, if we've got a dream book and we always go to the dream book for interpretations of our dreams, what if the Lord wants to tell us something different? Or that we become so dependent on the dream book that we actually no longer ask God what it means. We just go straight to our little dream book. Ding, 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 ding. And we get inspiration from there. Is the dream book wrong? Did the initial person who wrote it, you know, did they make a mistake? No. But it's to know when to put it down and when to go and ask Him. Okay? And that we will know by staying in relationship with Him. Or when is it time to just go say, all right, Father, speak to my heart. What, you know, what does that mean? And sometimes we don't hear him or we don't understand perhaps what he's telling us. And then we go looking for interpretations. It's a process of learning and growing. But I just want to really drum home here that the Lord wants to have intimate relationship with us. And that's what it's all about. Okay, Knowing his thoughts, getting words of knowledge. We can acquire some of those things and turn them into giftings that we hone and things that we do, and then we can get to heaven one day and have him tell us, I never knew you. And that's just not what he wants. Okay, it's never been the design or the plan. He wants to work intimately. He wants to be involved in the process as we go about what he's planned and purposed for our lives. All right, he doesn't want to make us clever. He doesn't just want to download information so that we can be uh, the prophet of the hour and find some sort of identity in that. All he wants to do is have us be sons and daughters and just come and sit close. And then he wants to download to us what he's purposed for us and then together with us, see that thing come to life. That's, that's such an excitement for him. All right, that's, that's his design. Not for us to ever just acquire information that gets stored up in our heads. Think about the, um, the children of God that came out of Egypt they had to learn how to listen to his leading, and so he provided a pillar of cloud by day, or clouds by day, rather than a pillar of fire by night. So when the cloud moved, they moved. All right, it was a very visual, <laughs> practical teaching experience, but a lot of us have moved on from the necessity for those basic things, and maybe sometimes we need to relearn that, okay? So if you're feeling... But, you know, it's a bit hot right now, and the pressure, <laughs> maybe like, like life, life has you in a squeeze. Um, it's not necessarily that you've moved out from that covering, that, that protective covering, per se, of what the Lord would have you do or, or how he wants you to process through something, but it could be. So if you're feeling a little bit under pressure right now, one of the questions you can be asking yourself is, Lord, have I stepped out? from under your covering? Am I trying to do this thing by myself or my own way? Am I trying to just apply wisdom and knowledge that sounds good, but you're not in it? Am I busy with a Babel right now? That's a question you can go and ask him. Okay, so the Lord wants to be very practical with us, but it's not always going to be a pillar of cloud and a, a visible pillar of fire or clouds and fire. Sometimes it's going to be in a peace that we have or don't have. Sometimes it's going to be in... Um, Opposition coming our way or not. Sometimes it's, yeah, it's going to be a lot of things. <laughs> Don't want to go through a list. You, you, you will know what it is for you. 
but he wants to perhaps sometimes pull us into a place of questioning or mystery when we get, in a sense, too clever for ourselves or we get too far ahead. All right? Why did he come and, and, and confuse the people's ability to understand one another at Babel? All right? It was because they were trying to build a name for themselves and they were trying to build a tower into a heaven he was not going to be in. All right? So remember that's his heart. It's not to punish, but it's to bring us into a place of relationship. So if there's a lot of unanswered questions, perhaps it's just an invitation of, you know what, why don't you put the questions down and just come and find me. Just come be on my lap. Just come and experience my heart for you. I just want you to be my son, my daughter, and I'm going to give you what you need in due time. He's got all the time in the world. He will withhold the info that we need. We want info. He wants relationship. And he'll be willing to hold back on giving us what we want because the relationship is so much more important to him than us getting what we want. Okay? So I hope this is... I hope this is Hitting you clearly today, okay. The one of the dangers of of you know getting getting wisdom or or, or getting good advice that God is not in is uh, getting into a process of reasoning. There was another reason I believe why Adam and Eve were told in the garden not to eat of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. You know, well, evil is obviously evil, so that's not something we would touch, but something good. All right. We can get very, very good wisdom from, from friends, from, you know, books. But if it's not God's wisdom for us right now, if it's not the right wisdom, it's not God's wisdom. It's just not, like God's just not in that thing. All right, and this is not a fear thing. Oh, my word, can I not read a book? Can I not ask a friend? No, keep the context, okay? But when we start getting into reasoning, you know, is it good, is it bad, start weighing up pros and cons, and, and there's not an essence of something of the heart of the Father in that thing, and experiencing His desire for us, or, you know, like, like what He's purposed and planned in this thing. I mean, we might be going through a very difficult time, right? God, God doesn't bring the bad stuff, but he, he works with us in it, and He works it for our good. So if we can tap into God, what are you wanting to do in my life? If we ask the right questions, then we can experience the victory in those areas, but if we're just trying to understand and we're trying to reason it out and it has to make sense, then we're subjecting the wisdom of God to our IQ. All right, We're putting the SQ under the IQ in a sense. And that can get dangerous. That can give us a place of knowledge of good and evil. All right, So, so knowledge of evil. Maybe we've been through something really, really crazy and it was never the Lord's intention for us to be exposed to that. But now we... Um, need to experience his healing in that area, okay? Because that was never his heart, but hey, it's life and stuff happens, so we need to heal in that area. Um, knowledge of good, maybe we, we like to make informed decisions, nothing wrong with that, but sometimes we need to just put all the, the books and the information and the, the advice from other people to one side and say, Father, what's on your heart? And I think for a lot of us, let's just be honest, it's so much easier to hear God through a book it's so much easier to hear God through a seasoned Christian, our, our pastor, you know, our whatever, a relative, a friend that's got a really strong prayer life. And sometimes it's so much easier to hear God through these other resources around us than it is to hear Him for ourselves. And that can be a potentially dangerous place for us because we can get a lot of good advice and a lot of wisdom that's not God's wisdom. And there's really an invitation here. This is not a, or, you know, go and be afraid. Have you not heard the Lord? This is an invitation for us to go deeper, for us to know God. Know Him 
intimately, with that intimacy will come knowledge for the things that we need, but it needs to be intimacy first. And there's really a, just a sensing of God calling us back to, you know, doing the things, do the things you did at first, that reprimand that the church has gotten revelations. You know, do the things you did at first. Go, just go back and do the things you did at first. And that there's almost a simplifying that perhaps needs to take place, where we just tuck in with the Lord and say, I just want to be with you. I know you'll give me what I need when I need it. I just want to be with you. I just want to know your heart. Okay? That'll be for us. That'll be very practical. All right? We've, we've read how God has enabled people with skill through His Holy Spirit. Really, really practical. Is there a skill that you need at work that you need to learn that you don't have time or money for? You know, you, you, need, you need to just get it. <laughs> Maybe it's learning how a new language or learning to play an instrument. Maybe it's something that you just desire to do. All right, the Holy Spirit can help us practically with those things. Maybe you really need counsel for a certain relationship. Maybe you really just need to know the Lord's heart for, for something to do with your children or your friends or a family member. It's very, very practical. And it's, it's as easy as, essentially, if, if, if we really get into the practice of it without it being a work, it's as easy as grabbing your phone and, you know, Google is my friend. Google is really my friend. And it's really like having access to, to Google, all right? The phone on its own means nothing. But once you pick up the phone and you tap your question into Google, like, um, at what temperature do scones need to bake in the oven? <laughs> then you get the information. And as we grow in our intimacy with the Father, it's going to be a place of, 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 of gleaning and gaining information that we need practically for our life, for the things that we enjoy, for the things that we dream about, where it's not we, you know, us using God, because the relationship is there, that knowledge is automatically going to be shared, because we were made in His image, and, and information was made to be shared, communication is part of how we're supposed to do life. Okay, so yeah, it's going to get very practical. God wants to show us promised outcomes. He wants to reveal solutions. Perhaps we're sitting with a whole lot of spiritual information that we haven't applied. Okay, let me just read you this definition of intelligence, whether it's whether it's um, brain intelligence, heart intelligence, spirit intelligence. Intelligence is the ability to acquire and apply. Intelligence is not being clever. Okay, acquiring knowledge does not make you intelligent. Okay. You acquire and apply knowledge and skills. The knowledge can translate into the skills, but you can also acquire knowledge and skills. Like, like Solomon did, he had wisdom, and then he also allowed that wisdom to translate into skills, and people were being given like skills. You know, skills come through knowledge, knowing how to do something, so it's all kind of interconnected. But perhaps more than needing to, to hear the Lord, we need to know what to do with what He's already given us. Perhaps if we're not hearing what to do, it's because we've already been given that, but we're not acting on it. Okay? So it's to go and say, Lord, either I really need you to supernaturally speak to me, I need, I need to come up there, I need to find you and see things from your perspective. And... Maybe it's doing that. Maybe he's already given you something that you need to act on. Holy Spirit, how do I practically work this out so that benefit comes, so that I can keep this, this cycle going, that, that, that there's this thing of continuity, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of yesterday, today, and tomorrow. All right? How do we, how do we keep this thing healthy and good? 
All right, so go and spend some time with him. So Holy Spirit, would you make it practical for me? Holy Spirit, my counsel, my teacher, show me how. Okay? So it's to go and just spend some time with him, hearing. Maybe you need the download. Maybe you need to know what to do with the download. Think about it. Joseph, when his father died, Israel, Jacob, Israel, um, the Egyptians... It's interesting, the, 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 the people of God, Jacob's people, Joseph's people, wept for 40 days, which was customary. But the Egyptians wept for 70 days. So interesting. These, these unbelieving people, this wicked king, they, they, they wept for the, the patriarch, this man Jacob, this man Israel. Because what had come from him had brought them such blessing, had preserved them as a nation. And there's an influence that our lives can have outwardly that God always intended. So yes, there's this place of intimacy, but it does need a practical outworking because that's the invitation for people to say, oh my word, how did you get that right? Where did you get that from? Look at what's happening in your life. And then our testimony is God. He's the difference. Right? His heart, his wisdom, relationship with him, that is the invitation. Okay. So not all of us are um, Josephs and Daniels, not all of us are kings like Solomon. But we are all called to have an influence. Okay? So whatever the Lord wants to give us that's going to give us an answer and a solution is going to be a testimony for somebody around us that needs to hear it, that needs to see it. Because that's the invitation for the own breakthrough or even relationship with God. Okay? So that's the, the how. Alright? What does relationship with God look like? What does intimacy with God look like? That's between you and God, how that looks for you, all right? So everyone's got a different way that they connect. You just go back and make that connection a priority and see what he does. Otherwise, we risk taking earthly wisdom, very good ideas, good reasons, good thinking, and building a Babel, taking us to a place that God is not in. And we don't want to hear him say, go away, I never knew you. There's that word, same word, that Adam knew Eve. I never knew you. There was never an intimacy. You managed to get this done all by yourself. And I wasn't in the picture, and that was never my heart. Okay? So let's go back to a place of just intimacy with the Father, knowing that that's His dream and His design, that there's a practical outworking, there are solutions for your and my problems. And if you're feeling overwhelmed or helpless in any area of your life right now, it's possibly because you're trying to find a solution in yourself or a solution in the natural, a solution with good wisdom that is simply not God's. And it's his invitation, hey, come up here. All right? The, the result of living in that place with God is hearing from him and planning your life, aligning your life with that, rather than finding yourself in a circumstance where you start asking God, intervene, intervene, intervene. All right? It's going to change our lives. It's going to change our prayer lives. It's going to change how we think and see things. All right? We're living from heaven to know his mind and his thoughts is to live from heaven to earth. And we start to dictate to our circumstance and the situations we see around us. Because now we've seen the, he the heavenly blueprint and we know how to pray towards that thing and trust towards that thing, even if it looks the very opposite right now. Rather than being passive and walking into that thing, and now we have to say, oh, please help and intervene. And now it's from earth to heaven. You know, we're trying to reach up there for, for a miracle or a... <gasps> and we're all in process in, in different areas of our lives, okay? So again, don't take guilt, condemnation or confusion or fear or anything from this. This is an invitation 
to an intimacy with the Lord that is deeper than we've ever known, and it's precious. Okay, and I want to say that this is, um, it's, I spoke about it being for you and for me and for influencing the people around about us. But even for Breakthrough City Church as a body, I want to talk to you this morning and for anybody part of any church just listening in that you can go back and be this in your church body. That it's, it's as important that we are able to hear God's wisdom for, for whatever our, our involvement might be, even in our local bodies. All right? So uh, we know that the, um, the mantle on the house is for nations. Um, it's to be a resource center. There are, there are certain things that are, that are tied to us as a church. So being a member of this church means that that's going to hit us some way. That, that's got to translate through our lives. And so we can have Charles stand up front and say, the nations, and let's go and take the nations of the world. And it doesn't matter if, if he's tapping into heaven. If, if I, as the secretary, don't tap into heaven too, then it doesn't matter what that looks like, because I'm going to be the person over here saying, but we can't do that because we don't have enough resources and I don't have enough time. So the minute we look to ourselves and our own capabilities, we can, we can choke and we can bottleneck what the Lord wants to do. So I want to put that challenge out to you, church today, Breakthrough City Church, any church that you're in, any member of the body of Christ, that you are aware of the body that you planted into and what the Lord's purpose for that place and that you are actively pursuing with the Lord his heart and his wisdom for your individual role in the, in the, in the big picture. Because your contribution is important. All right? how, you, how you look at a certain thing is important. The, things, the challenges that you face are going to be very unique. You can't compare your life to somebody else's or your church to another church's or even your own life to somebody else in your, in your church body. Okay? You need to know what the Lord's saying to you, understand your role, and the fact that he wants to actually give you wisdom from his heart on, on how to open this thing up that he's purposed and he's planned. It's glorious. It's amazing. And I, I feel a real excitement about the season that we're going to walk into. Um, and that this has been a, a process of preparation, even this whole thing of lockdown and challenges we face. Nothing is for nothing. God's always getting us ready. And we've had so much promise from that word that God gave us, even at the end of last year already, and then early in January about... Um, it being a new year, a fresh year, God's new thoughts for his new ways. All right, he's already told us, hey, this is what I want to do. But the invitation is extended, hey, come up here. All right? So I hope this has really given you a good idea this morning of, of that facet of our spirit lives, that we're not just meant to be cognitive people or just live from our emotions, but there's a place in our spirit that God wants to explode in, that's going to line the rest up. That's all important. So, just take some time in this week and connect with the Father for, for things that are really pressing, pressing situations that you really need His divine wisdom for. Go back and say, download, let me acquire the knowledge that I need. And how do I practically apply this, Lord? That I don't just sit with knowledge, but I sit with how to apply the knowledge that he's given me. Okay? Bless you. Thank you so much for taking time just to listen to this this morning. I hope it's really penetrated your heart and just stirred you and excited you and made you hungry for more of his presence. All right? Let's just pray again. Father, thank you. Thank you that you are always doing more than we think you are. And Father, let us never, let us never scan your work and 
make an incorrect judgment based on our natural perceptions. Let us never look at what you're doing in the natural and think that you're not busy with so much more than you already are. Father, thank you that you've given us an invitation, a place to sit with you. We are already seated with Christ in heavenly places, and it's as if we forget that, and would you remind us of where we are truly seated and what we can truly see. Thank you, Father, that you've given us the invitation of intimacy and that that is the most important thing and that we can treasure that and really just go into a season of just going deeper with you and just hiding in your heart, hiding in your presence, but not staying hidden, Lord, really being an influence to the people around about us that you've called us to. And we thank you for this, Father. Thank you for your heart, for your love, for your goodness. Oh, Lord, we are so thankful, we are so grateful, and we are excited to journey with you. Thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Guys, enjoy your week. Be blessed. We'll see you soon.